Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, who are also sponsoring the Young Riders jersey in both the men and women's TDU. But we have stage two, the penultimate stage, of the women's Santos Tour Down Under, and this was a cracker, actually. I really like this finish, and I would think stage design-wise, there is really something to for other organisers to take note of here. 90 k's from Birdwood to Uradla. Birdwood is out to the north, uh, northeast of like Mount Torrens and Lobethal, deep in the Adelaide Hills, and they come, they do a loop north, then do a punchy climb, Cat 2, so a few QOM points. Benji's Gladys for Holst, I'm sure, taking note. 1K, 6.5%. And then it's just the hills is all like around that region. It's all up and down. No like steep extended climbs, but it's just lumpy and tough. And it was pretty warm today as well. They then came south into Summertown where there was a second intermediate sprint before the 6Ks, 3.2%. Cat 1 up Mount Lofty up to about 700 metres altitude before a stepped descent towards Uradla. So not descending fully into Adelaide. It was not that long a descent and also not that hard a climb, you know. It was basically false flat uphill for 5Ks and then a 5% 1K section, 5.5%. So not that hard a profile from what it looks like, but it could be made hard with strong teams. Uh, But the intermediate sprints, Benji, both in the men and women's races, are crucial for bonus seconds, particularly on parkour where there isn't those really hard climbs. That's, again, Grace Brown taking more bonus seconds, which I didn't expect the last two days. Yes, for certain. And we need to add to this that in men's cycling, you often have like the early breakaway that takes these IS points, the intermediate sprint points very early on. But here in the women's Santos with an under, that hasn't been the case in the races, as in, we haven't had breakaways yesterday in stage one. That was a long time without a breakaway. Stage two, very similar. And Sanguinetti is the one that took the three seconds on the first intermediate sprint here ahead of Grace Brown, like you mentioned. So two seconds for her. Loretta Hansen has been riding really strong as a domestique here for Trexiga Fredo, taking one second there as well. Maybe that's taking it away from uh, from riders from Jayco and so forth. So that would be useful. Now... The race continued, and there's a QM point just after this first intermediate sprint. Gladys Verhulst, you said it, is uh, the champion of QM points when it comes to the early ones in these races. She's channeled her inner climber, and she's attacked the peloton together with Claire Steels from Israel, who also is riding pretty strong in the Santos with an under. So those two riders fighting it out for those QM points, and Gladys Verhulst takes the, uh, I think, seven points on that climb, and she's now on 10 points after this one. So she's doing pretty good. She's doing pretty good. So um, TDFF, that's it. QOM, question mark, 2023? Uh, I tried last year, but yeah, it didn't really work <laughs> out. <laughs> she could be, so, uh, yeah, like Jeffrey Bouchard. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but the issue, him, I think. <laughs> the issue is that the breakaway doesn't win the mountain stages here. I know, In yeah. the Tour de France Femme. So it's going to be very difficult for Gladys for Hills to do so unless she becomes the, the brand Simply new Simply beat French. Van Lurten. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. I've been saying it for years. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. I don't know why writers don't do that. It's like the go-to yeah. strategy being better than Van Vleuten, but they don't do it. Anyway, 30 kilometers to go. We see some moves by other riders as well. And a, a group kind of forms ahead. Lauren Stevens, McMullen, Gilman, Howe, the rider that you first presented as the top three rider in the Ronde van Vlaanderen in the, the Israel preview. That uh, No, the Jaco preview. Sorry, wrong team. And, uh, well, we'll see if that happens. But I'm adding Brody Chapman to that as well. So, two riders on the top three. Yes. Okay. I'll allow it for this And then I'm going to find another Australian or Kiwi rider, and I'll put them in in a couple of weeks too. Full Australasian podium. Okay. I, I, I've, I, I'll allow it. <laughs> the channel one's it. not that hot a take, actually. It's actually great because your takes make mine look good, even though I'm completely <laughs> wrong most of the time. Anyway, Emily Watson there as well has been pretty strong as well. I think in the uh, in the Bakerits earlier this uh, this month, Taylor Wiles in there for Trexa Gafeda, which is important. Gilman, I said earlier, was for FDG. So the dynamic between the Brown team and the Chapman team and Spratt team is notable there. Edwards in there stills, Beisman and Wales. Not the country, the rider. Well... Is it a country, Wells? I don't even know. But anyway, we'll continue on. This group stayed ahead for a tiny bit, but not too long, actually, because we had responses and attempts from behind to try and bridge up and so forth. And I think it was Lisa Klein that tried to bridge up at a certain point. What situation do you think they were trying to create there? Well, this is why these false flat drags, it's... And I mentioned it yesterday. It's kind of like the start of the Galubier. Obviously, we're not doing the Galubier here, but it's... (laughs) Draft is still really important. But also, it's yeah, draft is important, but also it is sufficiently hard enough that you can get separation on certain points. Like it's not that flat. And Klein, I thought, was a perfect candidate to try and bridge across because she has that TT background. She wasn't she wasn't really able to make it work. Slash, I mean, it's tough to always see with the ad breaks here in Oz or with the the tree canopy comes across the road a fair bit um maybe they also reacted on her jaco alula was sort of jaco alula were not letting trek have it all their way today yeah. they were sort of being like no we're we're happy with a group a reduced group sprint we're not going to let you flow numbers ahead and numbers ahead by the way would have been really important like if there was a satellite rider ahead for what would come later in the stage. But before we get to where this stage really kicked off the last 30 minutes, if you want to rewatch a stage, I thought were really, really exciting. I'll mention the Zwift Hub Challenge on Strava. Ride 25 kilometers to unlock 50 US dollars or 50 pounds off a Zwift Hub and a chance to win $1,500 worth of indoor cycling tech. It runs from now until the 29th of january 13 days left and it's just 25 kilometers of of riding with us hand cycle a ride virtual ride and you get 50 bucks or pounds off a swift hub which i actually saw lorenzo germani one of the like famous not famous famous in my mind <laughs> from the fdj conti team he might be famous in the future super famous um he was trying it out at the Zwift booth in the Tour Down Under uh, village. He wanted to really try it, which was kind of interesting. He's like, oh, I don't really train indoors. And he went and yeah, had to go on the Zwift hub. In, if you're in Adelaide, go and check out the Zwift booth as well. They've got um, the bike set up and the Zwift hub if you want to see it in the flesh. But yeah, that's a really good deal, getting another 50 pounds or dollars off what is already 
the best value for money trainer on the market. But yeah, we come up to uh, the intermediate sprint just after Summertown. There was a little rise before there. And to be honest, Trek stopped. They didn't do what I said yesterday. I was like, oh, maybe they'll use a tax, etc. Chapman's in a domestique role pretty clearly here. And I was yep. like, oh. And to be honest, it makes sense from what we see afterwards. They're going all in for Sprat on GC. They pretty much locked the stage down at this point. Claire Steeles is able to get the intermediate sprint three seconds. And then I'm not sure who took the other bonus seconds. Um, Manly and in- Brown. Manly and Brown. So Manly took another second back. So Brown was still ahead of her on GC. But yeah, Chapman just starts pacing super hard on the last rise. Really strong pull from her up to Mount Lofty on this false flight drag. The group is thinned out. It's It was 30 riders at points. By the way, Oka jersey's gone. Pick a look at this point. Um, all the pure sprinters are gone. And yeah, she's just thinning it out. No one can attack. And... They get to the steeper, the steepest part of this climb. Sprat goes. Brown's not really had to do anything. And the gap just explodes. This is one kilometer, five percent. And the gap just pops open. And I'm like, holy. I haven't seen Sprat do that for years. Um, and Matt Keenan, I interviewed him, um, which I'll play now. Amanda Spratt will win the women's race. She's got an awesome team around her at Trek, and Brody Chapman will do the job to help her win. He must have known something. Like, oh, Spratt must have, I reckon, told him, or maybe just had faith in her that she was in really good shape because, yeah, she's like, she has been really good in Australia before, but this climb wasn't that hard. Were you surprised to see Benji, first of all, Brown not able to get on her wheel, and second of all, that Trek basically just went pace and Spratt could smash? Yeah, exactly. It was like, Spread went, and it wasn't even Brown that was the one closing down the gap initially, because Manly was the one that had the solo chase going on with Brown doing the chase in third as a solo rider. So we had like three riders chasing each other solo, and a fourth group with the likes of Luz Adiges that was also in there for FDG, and the other riders that we just mentioned, like Chapman and so forth, and also Roseman Gannon, etc., etc. So... That situation is what gets us towards the top of Mount Lofty, but it starts changing a bit because Brown overtakes Manly, who gets caught by the group behind. So we now got two solo riders up front. Solo rider at the front is still Sprad. Gap is roughly 15 seconds, I think, towards Brown. And the third group rides just behind Grace Brown. And that's where it starts getting intriguing when it comes to FDJ because they've got Luz Adegist in that third group. By the way, Luz Adegist, I swear that was the writer that Twitter watched on on Twitter like a few years ago, then eventually got a um, a role at the ICBC Continental team, and a year later is now at FDG, so has made real steps up and has been really strong in those races and shows it once again right here because she attacks the third group towards Grace Brown, and she starts spacing for Grace Brown in the second group, which on one it's kind of like what Soler did on the Granon stage, where he tried to attack towards Pogacar to help him out. But it really, it, it's difficult there eh? because Luz Adiges gets to Grace Brown, but she also just spends energy closing down Grace Brown. So she doesn't have complete energy anymore. So they kind of both fall back towards the, the group that Luz yeah. Adiges just attacked from. But they keep on pacing. And the tempo in that second group is good enough to keep the gap towards Pratt. But I gotta be honest, we're talking about 
six, seven, eight kilometers to go at this point. And riders start coming back to the second group. So I'm kind of like, oh, maybe the gap's exploding when it comes to spread. But that wasn't the case. They stayed the same. But more domestiques came for the second group. Gilman was there. Duval was there. So two extra riders for FDG. Now, these riders have been dropped. So I don't expect them to make the uh, to move the needle significantly. But an extra rider is an extra rider when it comes to the chase. Did you believe with, like, let's say, six kilometers to go? that Amanda Spratt could be taking home the victory here? I wasn't sure of the time gap. I mean, when I initially saw Archest and Deval pulling, I thought Spratt's got zero chance, zero, on the sort of false flat descent. It's such an advantage to have the draft, and Spratt is a really small rider as well, for starters. Um, even if she has the best legs in the world, the parkour is just not helping her at this moment. This is why I mentioned if she had Elisa Klein there, Waiting yep. out of an art style on Lofty, GC would be finished <laughs> already. Um, <laughs> but she didn't, and she mentioned in the post-race interview, it's a slog in that Hills region, just up and down and draggy. And, yeah, just huge advantage for Brown. Jaco Alula were not helping. They had Manly and Roseman Gannon in the group. EF Tibco, Silicon Valley Bank uh, also were not helping, and they had numbers. Um, I was like, okay, maybe EF were planning on a counter move late. I think Jaco Alula would just, they were just risking it. They were just like, if we help, yeah. then we lose the advantage of having two potential stage winners who can use be, be used to their advantage in the final. And the FDJ are pulling. And also maybe they could see uh, Spratt ahead. Like, we didn't really see the level shots for a long time. Maybe they could see her ahead in those long drags. I'm not sure. Uh, but at a certain point, I thought, I did think, wow, they someone needs to help FDJ because they're throwing GC for themselves. Um, I also yep. thought maybe Brown was going, going back. Like, I guess Brown has to react on, on Sprat, but you're right. It's like, there's no advantage by both the rider attacking to her and her still pulling. You may as well just fold back into the group and just start the chase. But yeah, it was it was really exciting. I hoped, you know, Sprat had done all that to stay away. We'll see how that affects her tomorrow. But eventually she got caught, I think, with Frayne attacking. Um Roseman Gannon closing it down, I think. Because No, no, before I've... then before then a rider like Frayne attacked. Um, yeah, and yeah, close yeah. it down further, maybe EF as well. And then, yeah, in the last 1,500 meters, Roseman Gannon like fully kicked doing a lead out. Yeah, she fully kicked and she closed the last gap towards Amanda Spratt. So I feel like at this point, you could say, oh, is Jaco once again doing it too early because they're having their lead out? Roseman Gannon going at 1.5k roughly to close down Amanda Spratt. But it's also kind of, if they don't do that, if they don't close down Amanda Spratt, the last like 50 meters that was left at that point, what then? Is the tempo going to stop? What is going to happen when it comes to EF? Is EF going to take over? So I think they just wanted the gap to be closed down. So I'm not going to destroy them too hard for deciding oh, to no, actually no, but it close was an down attack. the last There was no one on a wheel. I, it was a reverse lead I'm not certain. I'm not no, certain no, about she, it. She attacked and then okay. Manly got to sit on Grace Brown and Grace Brown had to close in the wind. It completely burnt Grace Brown. Okay, then, that, then it's very much useful. Then it's very much yeah. useful. And so instead of doing a lead out, I don't know, she mentioned that they, yeah, they floated that as a tactic 
um, yeah. rather than sort of yesterday just doing an early layer. I, I think it was a good move. Yeah, we see that EF has three riders. You mentioned it earlier. And once Roseman Gannon has caught up with Amanda Spratt and the rest of the group comes back, it really comes down to EF that moves to the front and starts doing a lead out. But it's not with three riders. I don't think Doble Hickok was really a part of the of the lead out here for Georgia Williams. It was Abby Smith that was doing so. And that's really how we go into the final corner. Abby Smith leading out Georgia Williams. We've got Alex Manley together with Daniele Di Francesco in like third and fourth wheel. Di Francesco is a, also a fast rider, was good at the Bay Crits at the start of the year. I think fifth in the uh, Australian champs as well. Nina Beismann there for Human Powered Health. So that's a situation going into the final. Roseman Gannon not really there anymore because she spent her, her bickies, as you would always say. A tiny bit earlier in that move, and we were going to a final sprint day. Was EF going to make it with Georgia Williams? Was Manley going to take them over towards the end? A rider that I think you mentioned yesterday that could win today's stage. It was either Manley or Roseman Gannon that we brought forward. But did Manley take up winning the stage? Well, she she obviously knew the parkour really well because I thought, ooh, 200 meters bursting through. I don't know about that with EF having numbers and I didn't realize how sharp that corner was and she got to basically freewheel through that corner for like three seconds whilst taking up primary position and then once she was able to kick out of that corner, she is the better sprinter out of this group. She had the EF rider off the wheel, Williams, I think, already. So her taking front position for that corner with speed was really, really like obviously the best strategy and she won the sprint <laughs> pretty comfortably ahead of Georgia Williams on EF Education Tipco SVB. Nina Boisman third, all in the same time. Brown fifth, I think on another day she probably takes bonus seconds, but great work yeah. from Duval and Arches. They really saved her GC today, at least for now. Spratt still, even though she was caught, was on the same time. Uh, Ali Wollaston led the group in behind a full minute 38 behind. So the revised GC is Manley goes into the lead eight seconds ahead of Brown, eight seconds ahead of Williams, 13 ahead of Roseman Gannon, and more importantly, 14 seconds ahead of Spratt. So it's tight, but 14 seconds is a lot of time too. So when let's let's run through the stage tomorrow from Adelaide. Um, they start, I think, in New Montague Road in the north northeast. Then they just start climbing uh, towards <laughs> Lobethal. They do like a 4K, 4% climb. Not that hard to start. It's 93Ks. Pretty. There's an uh, intermediate sprint at Lobethal after a little climb. I think that climb can be used um, by whichever team. Haven't thought yet. Then another intermediate sprint. This one on a little rise again in Gumaraka. And then sort of a false flat, fast descent, and then they do the corkscrew. Two point four k's, nine point one percent. I'm not. I'm really not sure. I don't know I've done the corkscrew a fair few times. It says on the profile it's five hundred meters at sixteen percent. I don't know, mate. It doesn't feel. Never felt like that to me. Maybe because I was, <laughs> I was a lot fitted back then. Five hundred meters, sixteen percent, super hard. I know the hairpins are hard, but I don't know. It's still going to be a really hard climb. And then a 8k yes seven and a half eight k descent into the finish yeah. um in Campbelltown. I think there's a right turn or oh, that they do as well the same in the men race I don't see like Sprat should just win this stage right 
like based on what we saw today, the question for me now is can she take, say Manly takes more bonus seconds in the two intermediates, can she win by over seven seconds plus the 10 bonus plus Manly takes no bonus behind or Brown? Or if Manly takes six seconds behind, that's also possible. Then it's even harder for Spratt to win. But I yeah. agree. What we saw today was Spratt dropping the rest on a gradient that was nowhere near what the corkscrew climb is. So on paper, based on stage two, Amanda Spratt drops people on the next stage. Now, everything can change from day to day. And there might be race situations before that climb that change up the race. Is there much you can do before the corkscrew climb? I'm not really certain about it. I think people will go for those. Policing. Yeah, true. Definitely. But also other teams that might want to police. Like, I'm not sure. If you're like Jayco Alula, are you willing to risk it by going early with a Manly or a Roseman Gannon? Well, probably Manly in this situation. Early before corkscrew road, getting into a group ahead? Because that might ruin her. For the final climb, if the if the if the move fails, so I'm not sure they will make that move. I feel like they might play it more safe and hope that Manly survives that final climb, try and get the bonus seconds at Lobatol and Gumaracha. So, like, but Brown also pretty damn good at getting those points. Eh? It seems like yeah. the last few days. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I don't expect Manly to just take six seconds on Grace Brown at these intermediate sprints. So. But I mean, and then does Brown even Brown, matter for GC? West Brown, she's on eight seconds. So say she's... she say she gets to six seconds on Manly, yeah. Sprat attacks, and she's able to stay with her. She should work with her, right? Yeah, she should work so, with her, yeah. and then she'll probably she win would. the sprint. Even if she doesn't win the sprint, she still wins GC. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. she's definitely still in there for GC. It's yeah. between Brown, Sprat, and Manley. But based on what we saw today, the fact that Sprat made 15 seconds on a, a very low gradient climb, yeah, I would expect her to take like 20 seconds by the top of Corkscrew. But yeah, it's a steeper can they too. pull it back? Will Roseman Gannon be with Manley? Sprat should just fucking ruin them tomorrow for real. <laughs> or corkscrew. Like in those hairpins, she should straight up ruin everybody. Like I think it could be 30 seconds. Like how I mean 15 seconds on that climb today. She's in that form. Um and it's to your point of if you don't send Roseman Gannon in a break ahead, and yeah. Manly was climbing better than Roseman Gannon today, I think, um, then you have to wait for the domestiques to come back. It's a steeper descent. It's not as long to the finish. By the time you've waited for the domestiques to come back, who might be a proper, you know, 35 seconds back, you're not going to bring that back. So having Roseman Gannon ahead before anticipating seems to me the only way she could really help after corkscrew and getting her in a break. And I, I think Trek should deny that. <laughs> um, or Trek should have their own rider in the breakaway. Like Chapman should go in the breakaway and then she can help Sprat yeah. on the descent. Like when yeah. we saw Yumbo Visma and UAE each putting their own, like on the foie stage, um, uh, the one, no, Murder Pagure, McNulty was in the break and Wout Van Aert was in the break. Both for the same reason and it neutralized it. Um, I would, Trek should almost 
think, okay, well, today Sprite attacked and couldn't gain any time because of the descent. Let's try and but then you need Chapman for the uh, to do all the to the lead up, right? Um, yeah. So maybe they'll see a Hansen in the break again. Well, then again, Hansen has been really strong, and it wouldn't surprise me if she's still there at the foot of Corks when she could do that. Yeah. The the first lead up because. To make a decent gap, Sprite needs to go early on Corkscrew. She can't wait until like the last 500 meters and then you know, make the snap. I expect her to make the move at least 1K from the top, although I don't know where the steepest spots on Corkscrew are. So where where would you say that the steepest spots are? Is it at the start? Is it in the middle, towards the end? With about 1K to go, went through the switchbacks, super steep. Really, really, really steep. Okay. That's where... She'll attack most likely. She'll probably even just start doing tempo herself before then because it's nine percent. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if she, before the hairpins, already moves to the yeah. front, just starts pacing herself because her teammates might not be able to set as hard a pace at that point. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting GC position with Brown still in the fight, with the best climber the furthest back on GC, Amanda Spratt with the Devs Descent finish, with Jacob Alula having the lead and a second strong rider relevant on GC in Roseman Gannon. I can't wait to see it uh, tomorrow. It's like, yeah, really interesting. Um, who do you pick, Benji? Who winning GC? Like, brain says Spratt, but I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Manly. I want to be the difficult guy on this podcast. I think, yeah, man, like, I know it's, it's a great little parkour design, isn't it? Because it's really fine yeah. to balance. I think Sprat is going to do a Cadell Evans on, on corkscrew and just terminate everybody. Like, I think she's going to go in those switchbacks. Yeah. It's going to be good night. Anyway, like maybe I'll be wrong. J. Cole will be chasing. Can't wait to see it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, thanks to Zwift. If you're in the... In the Adelaide region, I should mention as well, uh, I'll be at the uh, Specialized Map Zwift event on Wednesday afternoon as well as the Zwift party on this Friday. So go and check that out. Uh, I think it's the on Zwift Frome party. Street. Yeah, the Zwift party. Well, la, 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 la. Sounds pretty cool. Well, I hope so. I'll be there, so of course <laughs> it will be. <laughs> the, biggest extra, the biggest extrovert in cycling. as everyone knows anyway if you're in Adelaide come say hello check it out and uh, we'll see you with the recap of the final stage of the women's race tomorrow ciao selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.